Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Guys, you cannot afford to miss a minute of this episode where I interviewed Shelian Weeks, Executive Director of the Herflow Foundation in Jamaica and recent recipient of the Governor General's Award. The Governor General is Jamaica's appointed Head of State and Representative of the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, who is the actual Head of State in Jamaica. Now, the interview show was dynamic, informative, inspiring, animated, and have you drawn into the story of her life, work, and the impact she is making. Miss Weeks had me on the edge of my seat and was dropping knowledge. It was an erudite analysis, albeit for just over one hour. This interview was very important to the solutions as we look at or explore solutions towards ending poverty and the United Nations 2030 SDG goal of building the human capital, especially among vulnerable peoples and places in the world, as a way of eliminating poverty or extreme poverty and improving equity in societies and the world. Herflow exists to empower women and girls about reproductive health through education and mentorship. Their flagship project is to end period poverty, which is the inability to afford menstrual products when needed in Jamaica. They focus most of their work in schools, ensuring that girls don't miss classes because of period poverty. So far, they have donated nearly 5 million period products. Now, did you know that 44% of girls in Jamaica are affected by period poverty? And of this figure, 24% drop out due to period poverty. Period poverty isn't just a female issue, but should also be a man's issue. New Zealand and Netherlands have made ending period poverty a priority by providing resources to girls free of cost. But what about countries like Jamaica? What has been the policy and national drive to deal with the challenge and the challenge that period poverty poses, such as productivity, worker productivity, dropouts, school dropouts, gender inequality, and the stigma around women's health and the health-related issues that may stem from doing nothing. You will be surprised to know that many of the schools in Jamaica and poorer countries are church-sponsored, and as such, their theology and ideology prevent effective response to the issue and challenges surrounding sexual and reproductive health and the, di- and the diluted and non-existent national policy in these countries on ending period poverty and women's and or reproductive and sexual health, which also affects the building of the human capital. We discuss these, including her secret to losing over 100 pounds, resolving major health-related issues, and her fearlessness in the daunting task with little help and a culture that discriminates against women's health and the religious that assumes the negative side of femininity and masculinity. It was deep, and her flow's story is worth listening, reading, and or watching. The interview is available right at the end of my introduction here, and it will be available on video on all podcast feeds and channels. We will have 
the full transcript later this week in the neoliberal journals and the neoliberal posts and commentaries on the neoliberal corporation's website at theneoliberal.com and ronaldocmckenzie.com. The neoliberal corporation is serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges. And we are about making popular what was the monopoly, which is the aim of communication. I invite you to subscribe to the show for free while it is available at no cost at anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support. And just so you know, just so you know, just so you know, we are doing, we're actually doing a, a poll and we're doing a poll which will be available on Twitter and Facebook. We're doing a poll that's available on Twitter and Facebook. And um, if you go on my face, on my Twitter, which is Ronaldo McKenzie, or, um, or you could go on my Facebook, which is Ronaldo.McKenzie, you will see a poll that's running that asks the question, the imp- that asks the question, how important is ending period poverty to the issue of 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 eliminating poverty and and improving this this uh and improving uh distributional equity how is that important and, or, and also to the united nations 2030 sdg goal in terms of how is that important to that issue and some of you may not know much about that and of course we are at, we are also doing we're also doing we also ask a, a discussion question if you are listening to this particular podcast, I, I believe it's only available on, and I apologize if, and I apologize about that, but it's only available on Spotify, on our spot, on the Spotify platform. Um, if you go, to, if you go, to, if you're listening on Spotify and go to community, then you will see an active discussion that asks the, that asks the question, why is period poverty not just a woman's concern? but should also be a man's issue. A man's, men should also be involved. Why, why is that so? And um, we are asking that question. And, you know, she made a powerful statement. She said, when you empower a woman, you empower a community. When you empower a woman, you empower a community. And that was quite powerful. And she ends, she ends the show. She ends by saying, I asked her about fearlessness. She said, if she has any fear. She said, no, I don't have any fears. Because I get to see, I get to see, I get to see the difference that I am making. And that is the magic for me. Powerful, powerful interview. Powerful and dynamic woman. And please, I invite you to donate to to, to the foundation and what they are doing. We'll be right back after these messages.
had a very, very difficult period. And I, you know, struggled with a lot of cramps and pain and, you know, it's all very heavy period, sometimes 11 days long. And um, when I was diagnosed with fibroids, when I was about 33, 34, I tried as an experiment to, to change the way I eat because my doctor was saying to me that I have to do this major surgery. And I was dreading trying to do this surgery. I've done major surgeries in my life. I was dreading the whole process. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this thing as an experiment. And I changed my relationship with food. It's the best decision I've ever made. I, I, um, I'm no longer having painful periods. My periods are two days long now. Um, I don't have any pain or discomfort at all. And I started her flow because I wanted to shout it from the from the from the, the, the rooftops. I wanted women to know we don't have to be living in pain. Yes, pain yes. is a part of our life story from we are girls until we become older women. We are living with pain, and you hear people yes. say things like women women are 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 bred to feel pain and. I just find those things insulting because what happens is you end up having to deal with pain so much that you think that it's supposed to be a part of being woman. And yes. so, you know, I really, really try hard in my work to educate women and girls that they do not have to live in pain, that your yes. body can be a place of peace and pleasure and, and, yes. and great joy. And, you know, it is my life's work to educate us, especially black women, educate us about the wonders of our bodies and what and what we can do with it and how it can help us to live full, meaningful lives. Yes, so, yes. Um, you know, I don't we don't have enough time for me to tell you what makes me tick. I just say you know when we but we actually we start we went with the recording started just that towards the end so i apologize we missed the part where you are from Jeff, jeffrey town st mary jeffrey town st mary i grew up in jeffrey town st mary i don't know if gps has it or nothing it's a little tiny town and you know in Jamaica, <laughs> when they have pa in the address you know it's real country so it's jeffrey town yes. st mary yes. so you know it's a post office postal agency but you know, it's a real, real country town. And yeah, I was just saying yeah. that I grew up with my great grandmother and we had to get up in the morning and catch water before we got to school. We had to feed the chicken and tie out the boats and make sure the animals are taken care of. We go outside to play. We didn't have a bunch of screens to be watching. Yes. We had to, make, we had to get creative and make our toys. Um, the boys used to make trucks with juice boxes. They take juice boxes and bottle stoppers. Yes, and make yes. Trucks. And we used, I remember that. we used to use rope and tie swings on the trees. And, uh -huh. you know, I, it was a very, very outdoor, you know, you bruise up your foot. I mean, <laughs> you go through a week. Right, you know, indeed, yes. yes. playing hard enough. Uh -huh. So, you know, it, it, it was a very fun childhood. Um, and that, I mean, that's I, I, let me just that. you said that you, you had a very fun childhood, but you talk about growing up um, in a very small bucolic um, area in Jamaica, Jeffrey Town. You talk about gold. Um, and tell me, and I, I, I said to, uh, what did you guys? Do? You said it was fun, but we talk about. I said earlier at the show before we before we started the recording that in Jamaica, Jamaica has about fourteen thousand people living in poverty. Fourteen thousand people live in poverty in Jamaica and that's in 2018 and it has, it, is, it, has, it has grown and since COVID 
we said there are more people in abject poverty and so on and so forth and tourism jamaica depends heavily on tourism and about uh, 50,000 people were laid off and um, and about and, and Jamaicans spend more than 50% of their income trying to 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 purchase food and but the question is did you ex- you you talk about your experience did you feel as if you were poor well i i'm not quite sure you know when you say poverty yeah. I, I think there's a specific number around the poverty um I know in the United, I, I think UN gold was to was to that at one time it was two dollars fifty per day, earning two dollars fifty per day. Two dollars fifty US a day. I don't know what my I don't know what my my adults are only earning at the time. But what I will say to you is that we we always had food to eat. Everybody went to school. We always had other other things that we needed to go to school. Yeah. Always, um, we had we had everything that we needed. We didn't have. Uh, we weren't taking trips overseas a lot. We weren't yes. doing that. Um, if we were sick, we were able to go to the doctor. Yes. I'm not quite sure what ruler it is that you're using um, to measure those. That number sounds really low. To yes. That 40,000 sounds really low to me. Um, yeah, right. That was in 2018. No, 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 no. I know. And the reason why I'm saying it sounds very low to me is because yes. I started her flow in 2016 and I was just doing research around period poverty. schools 
in Jamaica are founded by churches. And the more religious the school is, the least, the less they think sexual and reproductive health education is important because they believe that if we talk about sex to children, they'll just want to have more sex. And that, that whole premise don't make any sense, but it's, it's, it's what it is. But what, it, what, what we end up with is that we have girls who grow up to be women who do not understand their bodies and who end up suffering in silence when they have further illnesses because they do not have the language or the understanding to speak to their medical professional to get the help that they need. And yes. that's why I talk about pain. Because we, if we accept pain as normal, then we will ignore the, the, the purpose that it serves, which is to warn us that there is something in our bodies that we must take a look at, that we must examine, that we must figure out. And so yes. that's the reason why you're seeing so much con- con- conversation around reproductive health issues like fibroids and endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndromes and all of that. It's not that it is more popular now. It's just that we we have a generation of women who lived with the pain. They could have had endometriosis and they just didn't know because they just figured say, well, because they're a woman, feeling pain is normal being a woman and they suffer through years and years of endometriosis not knowing that it's something that can actually be treated and that their quality of life can be improved so that is why the education is so important to me so when i started Purflow, i visited three high schools in the first year and the first school i went to was holy trinity high and i met a young lady who said to me you know i did a period workshop and you know i was talking to the students individually and she right. said to me, I can use one pad for five days. And after I lift my jaw off the floor, Wait, I asked one, her how she did that. Yes. One pad for five days. Okay. She said, well, usually she don't have any money to buy pads. So what she would do is she would go to the guidance counselor and ask her for her for products. And guidance counselor would give her one single pad. And she knows she has uh-huh. to make it last as long as she possibly can. So what she yeah. would do is she put tissue on top of the pad. And she'll change the tissue. Oh, wow. So she'll try to avoid soiling the pad as much as she can. And even if it is soiled, she'll just put the tissue on top of it and just keep on changing the tissue. Okay. That is how I started paying attention when I go to the schools and ask them, you know, what's happening with the, with the what do we do when the girls don't have any menstrual products? And when I was examining even closer, I realized that through the past program, we have approximately 80-something thousand pubescent girls on the PATH program that only gives them food. The PATH program right. does not supply them with menstrual products. So I thought to myself, if they don't have the money to buy lunch, then they don't have the money they have their periods to buy menstrual products. When I started to discuss this with the guidance counselors and the school nurses, they confirmed my suspicion and said that what they do is sometimes they will have their own personal stash and they will give them out of their own personal stash, but it's never enough. So that is how the period poverty project side of her flow started. But her uh-huh. flow is not just about period poverty. Okay. Her flow's, her flow's mandate is yeah. to empower Jamaicans about reproductive health through education and mentorship. Ending period poverty is a project, and I would like to end period poverty so I can get to the education of it all because that is still our most important issue.
issue that I think most of Thank you so much, and and that's very important. And by the way, it's the board, the Borgian pro, the the, the Borgian project actually um, did a research, and um, I think they were saying that people in 2018 in extreme poverty. But but I, as I said, but I agree with you that the figures seem off. Our studies suggest something higher, but but as of 2021, we know that poverty has quadruple in many of our countries especially i think it's at 22 percent and climbing and um gdp has has fallen i think down to nine percent or even lower than the, the, the prediction was that but it's probably even going to be lower but but those are some of the issues but you are here not only are you looking at um your ending period poverty by provide and how and and tell me a little bit by tell me a little bit of work in terms of period poverty and then i want to talk talk to you about also the education piece because education is very important because it talks about human cap building human capital well the education the, the, the education part of it goes with supplying the products so we don't just supply products to schools and say okay well here you go take products we actually conduct workshops that we teach kids how to use the products we include yeah. the boys in the conversation that's a massive massive um important part of it for me personally because i grew up in a house where men were not supposed to experience my period i remember that statement because that statement was sent to me by my grandmother you must yeah. hide your period so well that the men in the house must never experience your period and experience your period part means if the unopened half of pads is on the counter yes. in the bathroom that is a no-no because they're not supposed to see any evidence of it. And my whole thing is, why do we have to hide our periods? The jig is up, right. the stick is out. If you're of a certain age, you have a period. That's yes. just what it is. So this is idea true. of hiding it, and mm-hmm. we're still coming from the, religi- the religious standpoint where periods are unclean, and periods are to be kept private, and, and all of those sorts of cultural um, insights where periods are concerned are some of the things that we tackle with a lot of the education programs that we have at Herflow because we want to normalize conversations about periods. I'm telling fathers to go in the store and go and stand up in the aisle and read about different menstrual products. I'm telling single men to have menstrual products in them glove compartments in them car. Can you imagine what kind of pickup you'll get from a woman that you're looking, that you're trying to date? Yes, in your yes. car one day and you're giving her yes. a ride someplace and her period starts and you already have the products in your car. Hello, right, sir. Right, yes. uh-huh. it's, a thing, right? <laughs> it's a simple, simple, simple thing that we have to yes. stop acting as if period is this dirty little secret that must be kept by the people experiencing it. And so the education part of it is absolutely integral. Yes, what yes. we do as, as, as it relates to providing products is that we speak to the teachers and the guidance counselors trying to get out our grip on how many students are affected by period poverty, which yes. based on our research that we have done on the ground in the schools, about 44% of the girls are, are, are affected by period poverty. 24% of them don't go to school when they have their periods or there's an absent. The guidance counselors can actually look at the register and give us that information. And some of them, and about 20% of them, what they do is they find alternate ways to manage their periods. So they'll get some old shirt or some old towel and they'll make their yes. own name products. Some of them will use old newspaper. Some of them just 
like we steal the tissue out of the bathroom. So what they do now is they, they some of the schools don't even leave the tissue in the bathroom anymore because the girls will go in there and steal it because yes. that's what they for their for their for their menstruation. So that's why we have to make sure that menstrual products are available in all of the schools yes, for yes, free. Yes, yes, so that right. all the students can benefit from it. So that is what that has been the the, 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 the biggest action that we've done. Um since her flow's inception we've donated just over four million menstrual products to public schools in Jamaica. So far we're gonna hit five million this year. And this year we have gone into clinics for the first time. So we have menstrual products for free in 15 clinics right across the island, one in each parish here right now. And we did that because in COVID, the, the need increased in COVID. And we had a lot of women, grown women calling, asking for help. And so instead of me trying to ship products to them, which is what I used to do, I just said, go to the clinic in your parish. And I tell them what clinic to go to. And they can walk in, no questions asked, and get their free menstrual products. Oh, well, let me tell you, this is deep. I'm just so you know, I mean, by the way, I got a, one of your assistants sent me an email about um, the program. Uh, and I am going to, I'm going to be promoting the program. But I think this is very important. I've learned a lot so far. But I think you said three, I got an email about three billion. And I've been telling people it's three, but it's, you actually. Yeah, that, that number needs to be updated. But it's that. Yes. It's, it's, it's past, that was three million last year. It passed that number there last year. And you know, and you know, I like you know, you do anthropological work, which and which is ethnographic. And I tell people, people who work on the ground, people who do field work, they have a gist of what's going on. You know, you you say here, which quite, and, and I'm going to repeat what you just said earlier. You said that there are 44 percent of the girls are affected by period poverty, and you and 24 percent don't. Uh, usually, 24% do not go to a. Uh, 24% don't go to school. They don't actually go to school. They don't go to school. And then you talk about the issue of religion. You talk about the issue of gender. You talk about the issue of stigma and how that plays a role. You t- and you talk about. And so you know, your the the work is an uphill task here. You're trying to help educate while at the same time also provide the mechanisms and the tools and the aid. But you're also fighting against a culture. You're, you're, you're talking about changing the way people think about, you know, in terms of men and religion, about girls and their, their cycles and so on. How, what, how is it that, how, what kind of challenge are you, guys, are you having? Or have, are you experiencing any pushback? And then uh, as you do this work, because you're going to reorganize, rethink, helping people to think differently about about certain practices and beliefs? Well, it's, it, I'm seven years in now, so um, the people who have been pushing back stop pushing because they realize that it's not working. But yes. the initially, initially, I got a lot of pushback from religious groups mm-hmm. because they were completely against boys being a part of the classroom because they thought that um, by exposing boys to periods, you're feminizing them which just, I don't, I don't know, it, it never made any sense to me then, and it doesn't make any sense to me now. Because <laughs> boys live in houses with women. They are, yes. they are in classrooms with women. They experience women everywhere they go. They experience, they're, they're around period every day. So the yes. idea that this thing is hidden from them, it never made sense. And I remember I had this entire conversation with a mother who was so upset that I gave her 
they'll give it to the boys and they'll ask for it. But sometimes they'll come and they say, Miss, can I get one for my mother or one for my sister or so? And yes. if they ask, we give it to them. This particular young man was so excited about the, the course. He went home and he asked his mother for her to lend him one of her panties so he can show her yes. how to put the pad on the panty. And she lost her mind. All the school wants to speak to the principal. She never said, I shot off school to that. Who give us yes. some panty? And we come on with her. And what yes. kind of nonsense is that? And she tells some words. And after she don't cuss me off, the principal called me and I said, Miss I'm really going after to talk to this parent because I don't know what else to tell her. And um, she cussed me off and she tells me how we're trying to turn our son homosexual. <laughs> and she tells me all the things. And after she done cuss me off, because I sit down nice and calm when people cussing because I can't fight. After she done cuss me off, I said to her, I said, who are you with your son? She said, it's in it's, it's my Lord, my heart. And, and, and I don't want to turn him into no, no. The Jamaican colloquial word. Yes. I said to her, what if something happened to you one day and he needs the help? Doesn't it make sense that he knows what to do? In that moment, yes. she stopped. Uh-huh. And then it clicks to her that I can actually benefit from this. Yes, yes, and yes. Men with daughters. They were nice, low hanging fruit because 
they can avoid this conversation if it's their spouse. But what yes. ends up happening is that you find a lot of fathers are having more active roles in their daughters' lives. And yes. because they're having more active roles in their daughters' lives, they actually spend time with them. And if they're spending time with them, they might be with her on that day when her period starts. And yes. it's just him and her. No, they have to face it. Yes, yes. So when I say I'm having a period workshop, they say, okay, me, with me, with I learn about this thing because, you know, oh gosh. Plus, I wrote a book about um, menstruation. It's our introduction to menstruation for little black girls. It's called It's My Body, period. And that book, a lot of fathers bought that book and they read it themselves and they gave it to their daughters. And so it, it, I really made an effort to engage men. I had I had a um I have I've had many events and we include men on the panel and we have I have um period parties with only fathers and we invite fathers to come and talk about periods. When we have orientation in high school and fathers are there, we get them up, we get them involved, and that really really helps to break down the stigma because when the women see that the men are open, then that gives them the light feel more comfortable talking to them about it as well because yes. one of the things that we say to even you have, you have women who are married to men and these women have horrible painful periods all this time and their husband never know because yes. they always they keep it to themselves because they don't want to be a mother to him and i'm like yes. really and if that man have a little headache you have to stop where you are just enough to go nurse him yes and yes. you know he has no problem sharing his pain with you and you yes. are cheating your pain to yourself? That's not making any sense. So yes. we're opening up the conversation. And another thing that helps helps to get people, more people talking about period is that they see what is going on internationally around period poverty. Countries yes. like Scotland and New Zealand, they have made menstrual products free for all of their citizens. And it is in the news and they see what is happening on social media and they see what is happening and they hear the words period poverty and people are getting in the hip to it now and getting in the know. So a lot more people are joining the conversation. So it's not so taboo anymore. Right, and you know, and I, I, I'm going to touch on two things. This is very important. And why, is, and, and you talk about Scotland and New Zealand, why is period poverty or dealing with the issue of period poverty? I know you made reference to it, but why is it important, an important issue to tackle? In terms of dealing with the whole issue of poverty, for, uh, why is that so important in terms of dealing with the whole issue of poverty? Well, first of all, the people who are affected by poverty most is women. Women and girls are mostly affected. Are more, yes. more. There's a higher number of women and girls affected by poverty than boys and men. The next thing is. Oh, oh, thank. You. I'm sorry. This is interesting. This is, this is, this is, this thing is sweet. No, what you just said was, I it just, uh, no, you just, you said, we talk about it, when you look at, you know, I look, I study poverty, and it never occurred to me, you talk about period poverty, but you also look at, talk about poverty by gender, yeah. and looking at the number of poverty as against an income, an income inequality between yeah. women and men, and you look at the educational level, and then you go, you go deeper, that's where yeah. you go deeper and see how, issues of menstruation or the period and can affect education and dropout and how that ultimately impact 
the wider society in terms of we have to fix it. Wow, this is this this is this is great, and you and I broke you. Just I apologize, but you're gonna say something else. <laughs> right. so I was just saying that more women are affected by poverty. Yes. So let's start here. Indeed. The next thing is that period poverty is not a personal thing that a woman who can't deal with her business needs to start off because it's that indication that she's disorganized. Right. What poverty represents is a woman's inability to take care of her family. When a woman pops down, the family pops down, which means the community pops down. Let us be clear. When you empower a woman, you empower a community. So if that woman cannot go to work because she has a period, she can't leave the house because she don't have any menstrual product, she cannot get to go to work. If she's at work on her period start, her productivity falls because yes, she yes. can't manage her period because yes. she does not have the products to manage her period. Which is one of the reasons why we're starting a campaign to get perfect Jamaica to provide menstrual products in their bathroom so all of their staff members can have the tools that they need to do their work at work. Oh, right? so now you're taking it beyond school. You know what to go into the at all, yes. and just because you're you're dealing with uh, this is a very core issue because when basic when you when we talk to businesses. Businesses are always thinking about generating revenue and productivity. And I, and and I and as a, someone who works in, in corporate America, what is important? Productivity. And you're saying that the issue of this period of poverty also can affect productivity. Correct. So it is. So your work here is very important, not only at the education or the school level, but also no. at the professional level. Yes, because now her productivity is affected. Is yes. she? Producing. What is she doing in terms of her work? What quality of her work when she's sitting at that desk and yes. her and she's bleeding through her skirt onto your 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 nice pouch that you have to pay yes. somebody to yes. So no, that's another expense because she does not have access to the basic basic need, which is menstrual yes. product. Now, when you look at um overall productivity and you look at the fact that something as simple as menstrual products can derail we can take we can have all of the goals that we want to have in the world and we want to have a place where gender equality is is there climate change is dealt with and we want to ensure that you know opportunities in technology are there for young people And you know, and of course, you're also investing in 
in the human capital or your your facilitating the human capital. And that is the, the United Nations 2030 goal as But you know what? What is Jamaica? I mean, in terms of the, the national policy on 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 this on this um, uh, mentoring and teaching and educating people in ter- about women's health and in this particular area and about ending period poverty. What has been the national policy in Jamaica? And what has been the support? And and since you started, what what changes have you seen in in, in, in Jamaica on the ground in terms of the policy and the attitude? There is no national policy when it comes to women in Jamaica. Mm. I've, yes. I've I've been very critical publicly of, of yes. the government. The fact that in all of the great plans that we are making, all yes. of the goals that we have set for ourselves, we have not included women. And we do not have anything on the on the books to deal with issues that affect women. Now, female reproductive health issues affect over eighty percent of Jamaican women. That is not me talking. That is the doctors who treat women, the, the gynecologist stuff, and over eighty percent of Jamaican women are affected by reproductive health issues. Yes. I've had conversations with gynecologists and they're saying to me that they are doing three to five hysterectomies a week on Jamaican women. No, hysterectomies is not a, a vitamin pill. When right. the doctor says you have to do a hysterectomy, it means that you have reached a, a, a stage where that is their, your best outcome, that will give you your best outcome. What yes. is causing so many of us to need hysterectomies right now? There's no study around anything that affects reproductive health in Jamaica. So, so, so if we talk about policy, we have not even looked at what is causing so many women to be having all of these issues. Now we're talking in terms of health, we're talking about non-communicable diseases, which I think is a very important conversation. But yeah. one of the problems that we don't talk about when we talk about non-communicable diseases is how does reproductive health issues fit into that? If you look at a lot of the women who have non-communicable diseases, women who have heart disease and hypertension and all that, you know, they also have a reproductive health issue. You know what doesn't get any benefit? The reproductive health issue. We started the National Health Fund, for example. The National yes. Health Fund was created to provide relief for people, low-income people, to have access to treatment at a reduced cost so that yes. they can get to, to, to you know, be better and live more better quality lives. Yes. What are some of the diseases that if you have, you can benefit if, you're, if you go to National Health Fund? All the non-communicable diseases, hypertension, the heart disease, diabetes, yes. all important, all great. Not one of the female <laughs> health issues on the National Health Fund. Not one. Yes. Not thyroid, not endometriosis, not cholesterol ovarian syndrome, not heavy period, something yes. that half the population of Jamaica experiences 80% of that number experiences it not one is included on it all of the things that I talk about you know the people who die most from heart disease men diabetes men hypertension men that is true yes that's why that's why my answer is there is no policy Uh, that benefits women wow wow that is my answer to that question Yes, right? yes. Now, to treat all of these diseases, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all that is very, very expensive. Yes, so it is. If, 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 if it's even just to get the discount that you can get when you have the, uh, the special health card, it will benefit hundreds and thousands of 
why do you think uh, and uh, is it because jamaica the kind of culture a masculine male dominated Because that's not something that they have to deal with. 
Ah, but this is this is quite revealing. This is quite interesting. It's quite powerful. So, the, and by the way, you said that you wrote a book, and I just want to let everybody know that um, you wrote a book, and it's, and what's the name of the book, and where and is it available? I've, wrote, I've, written, I've written two books. So actually, I've written quite a few books. I've published two so far. It's my body period. It's an introduction to menstruation for little black girls. And that book, uh, it's all on our website. It's on our website to be able to see embracebirthmode.com. Um, and my first book is I Changed My Diet and Changed My Life. In that book, I spoke about my whole journey to health from from when I was sick and in pain to me now. And you said you changed your diet and changed your health. I changed my relationship with food completely, yes. So this the, the title of the book is I Changed My Diet and Changed My Life. Tell me one thing. Okay, what about what about your what what did you what about your life that you changed? What about how did dieting change your life? What what is it that you that you did? Dieting did not change my life. I changed my relationship with dieting. Is a temporary situation. I don't I I I don't see food the same way I used to. Yes, yes. I'm not I'm not driven by what tastes good anymore. I'm driven by what's good for me. So uh, if I don't see any nutrition in it, I'm not eating it. Certain things I just cut out of my diet completely. I do not, I'm not, I'm, I'm very anti processed food. I don't like processed food at all. Yes. And then, um, um, no dairy, not if it comes from a cow, I'm not interested. You know, it's for baby cows. Yes. And, and no dairy at all. I don't eat meat either. I, um, I don't eat rice, sour, sugar, processed food, dairy, or meat. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. <laughs> What, what, what? That's everything. No, it's not. I can say sweet potato or yam or right. cashew or green banana or calamine mm. or pumpkin yes. or carrot or broccoli, and I can go on. Okay. You know, I don't eat a lot, but you're, 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 you even post about I don't eat red meat. I'm 42 years old. I know I'm gonna be 43 this month. I don't eat red meat, but you are even. But that is good. So because people want to also learn from you and learn from some of the things that you're doing. And so, so you say that. Oh, in my book, I even put recipes in there. There are there are recipes in the back of the book. <laughs> and we are going to. And definitely, we're going to have all of that. We're going to be broadcasting. But one of the thing is. So your life changed because you changed your relationship with food. And I love the way your use of language and the use of words is quite powerful. And so so that relationship that you changed, how what about your life? What did it do for your life that made okay. it different? Oh, I can tell you. Um I used to have back pain. I was at the chiropractor once um once a week, about five times for the month. I yes. couldn't go more, more often than that because it got very expensive. And um, I was in pain all the time. I had migraine headaches. I had sinus issues. I had asthma. Um, I had uh, eczema. I had a lot of acne. Like, my skin was doing some crazy stuff. Um, I was tired all the time. I didn't have a lot of energy. And uh, I'm a very bubbly person. This is, this yes. is my default setting most of the time. Yes. So, I had to make more of an effort. I was very anemic. I struggled with anemia. I actually blocked out a few times because my blood count got so low. And, and there are a lot of people that have anemia issues, by the way. Yes, ma'am. And, and by the way, black women have anemia issues. We need to get yes. some iron on our plate. Iron deficiency is a thing. So since yes. I changed my relationship with food, I no longer use my asthma pump. The last time I used my asthma pump was 2016. I don't even yes. get the prescription anymore. 
doctor used to give me a, a six-month prescription, so I just go and re, uh, and refill it every month. Yes. I've not done that since 2016. I yes. stopped taking painkillers. I don't have painful periods anymore. My periods went from 11 days, very heavy, very painful, to completely pain-free. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. I yes. don't have painful periods anymore. My wow. periods are two days long. It starts on a Friday. By Sunday, it's done. I do not have heavy clotting periods anymore. I do not have asthma issues anymore. My sinuses cleared up. My skin started to do some nice things. My my migraines went away. I I have so much more energy. I've never felt this good. I'm no longer anemic. Um, I'm in the best health of my life. Oh, and I lost almost a hundred pounds. Wow! And by the way, you're looking. I saw the picture. I. I... Well, I know you're looking great, and I saw the image, the picture uh, when you received the, um, the Governor General's Award, and you you look really good, and you have come so far, and you know you have so much to offer. But by the way, just so you know, I learned recently by looking at our looking at our um, metrics and our analytics that um, a lot of men listen to this show, and uh, you're, here we are talking about issues, and I, and I almost made the mistake of saying issue that women have to but it's, it's not just a woman issue but it's an issue of for women and men yes. correct correct <laughs> and that's Definitely. why I, that is why I we have to include men in the conversation this yes. is not a personal problem anymore this problem affects all of us we have to include men in the conversation and gentlemen get involved ask yes. questions go to the gynecologist with her see what she has to go through her body yes. is not really not about me it's about the people that i serve and i really try my best 
to make sure that we give them the best that we can give them and we try to put them in a position so that they can function in dignity and yes. that's what it's about for me and um and i want and what about the church and i, I cannot end by because the church the judeo-christian church culture is very involved in important to make has the church given you any support church calls me to support all the time they don't give me none
I would like to get to a point where we we work and we can start the education drive in a more consistent basis. I do four school tours a year, and we do that four two school tour. We hit about 106 schools do four school tours. I would like that to become more so that we can we can we can get to have a consistent education program that goes into the schools um, on a more consistent basis. In in the next five years, I would like to see comprehensive sexual and reproductive health education as a part of the mandatory curriculum in schools right up there with maths, English and science because it's definitely necessary for us to understand ourselves and our bodies so that we can function in dignity and we cannot do it unless we tell the children the whole truth. Oh, wow. Wow. So you have a plan for the future and um, this is really good. And to the next question, you know, I had another question to ask but I think it's really but what are your what are your fears as you look to the future? Because you have these plans. And by the way, yes, before you answer it, I remember as you talk about education and so on, and the choice to develop consistency. In other words, you are fighting, you, you, want, you, want, us as a, you want Jamaicans as a people to move, to become more consistent, to be more systematic about this, about this business. And not reacting. I don't think it's the word I'll use. I just want us to understand what it is. Because right now, a lot of persons are functioning of, you know, what somebody tells them or their own assumptions of, and a lot okay. of it is misunderstandings and misinformation. I've actually seen situations where I see a father give him daughter one product a day, I see one, one a day it must last. And say, sir, she can't use one product a day. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I sit him down and I, and, I, and I explain to him why she needs to change at least every four hours because of bacteria yes. and all of those kind of things. He goes, oh, but he never understand that. He just start trying to make it last. But after yes. I speak to him, he adjusted. And that is right. why the education is so important because everybody's operating under assumption. So right, if they right, have right. the right information, then yes. they can make informed decisions. Yes, that is true. That is true. And um, and the reason why I said that, I know recently I saw that um, Prime Minister Andrew Holness was talking about people, was urging people, you need to start putting things in to get ready for the hurricane season. And I, I, I remember saying that, it's, you know, it has to be something that we can't be reactive about. It is something that is built into the system in such a way, you know, it's it's in a cog's wheel kind of a way built into the system but and you're trying to and the way you're trying to deal, do things like this in terms of being you don't want to be reactive you want to deal with the psyche you want to develop yeah. understanding by doing the by engaging people and so on so this is shelly and miss shelly and weeks i am impressed i am i i can't wait to read your work some more I can't wait to access and to purchase your books. And now I have an independent, I have a company, a big corporation that part of it that we do is we also do, we, 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 we are a publisher, we are a publisher as well. So we, and, um, and we promote other people's work and we do research, but I want to delve into that. And you know, the last question is, what are your fears as you think about the future and all these other things that, what are your fears and your concerns? You ask me what my fear about four times now, and I'm trying to come up with something. I don't want to say that I'm fearless. It's just that I'm not driven by fear at all. Fear has never been an obstacle for me because the way I see fear is nothing changes if somebody says no. So I don't fear rejection at all. So if you tell me no, okay, I know what happens with no. I am ex- 
where I am at right now if you say no. If you say no, nothing is going to be different. But yes. Yes, yes is when some stuff starts to move around. So I'm not, I, I don't function from a space of fear. I know that I, when I started this work, I got rejected by a whole heap of people who right now are calling my phone. So you just want to ready five years ago. You're ready now. Okay, let's talk. So I don't, I don't function from a space of fear. I know yes. that there are other things outside of my control and I'm okay with that. I just yes. try to work within the things that I can control and try to see how I can effect change step by step. I don't expect to do this thing in one false swoop. That's never been the case. I value the long game. I know that I have to take it on one step at a time and I'm prepared to do that. So that's 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 where I function. That's the space I function in and because I function in that space, I don't really fear is not a big part of that space for me at all because I know what's possible. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I'm in control of. And for the stuff that I'm not in control of, I just work with it as much as I can. And if it's no, then we move on till we get a yes. We don't, we're not afraid at all. Wow. wow. And um, what it is, where does that come from? That that vigor, vitality, that dynamism, that, that fearlessness. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, I tell you, in the beginning, that the most influential person in the world is my great-grandmother. And I distinctly remember something she said to me when I came home from school. I was a little bit toddler girl coming from school because I went to school and they were teasing me that my parents big. And yes. I went home crying to her that she said, I don't want to go back to school because they're teasing me so far away. And she lifted me up by my shoulders and bring me up eye level to her. And she shaked me and she said, never allow what other people say about you to affect the way you feel about yourself. And yes. I never forgot that. And mm. so I am not I am not motivated by people's opinion of me or what it is that I'm doing. I know that what I do make a difference because I see who it affects. When I go to the school, that little girl who tells me that she used one pad for five days and she yeah. got the pad that she needed and made sure that she was supplied every month. And when her teachers are reporting back to me that her grades are improving and she has so much more confidence now and she's doing so much better now and she's speaking mm. up in class. And the fact yes. that she's in university right now, that's all I need because yes. I know that I was a part of her oh. journey. And I help her to get where she is right now. So for me, it's not about, I mean, I'm very honored, you know, to get the award, the Governor General's Award. But when when I get a report from a teacher that tells me that somebody who had behavioral problems in class is not having that issue anymore, because yes. they are they have their products and they feel a lot more confident and they can function yes. in yes. uh, that's all I need. I, I when the teacher tells me that the boys are more respectful of the girls when they have their period yeah. and they are more supportive of them because they, they sat in the class and they learned about period. It's because yeah. I get to see that what I do is making a difference. And that's 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 where the magic is for me. Oh, wow. Well, that's powerful. You know, I'm going to end it there. And by the way, you have moved me, just so you know. You have moved me. I've been going through a lot as I try to run this organization. And I take on a lot of very powerful people. It has not been easy, but I was moved by you. And I feel chills as you talk. Trust me. And other people in the world will. You you have inspired me. And, um, and I continue to um, 
and I will encourage you and you encourage me and um and we hope that we'll you know you will continue about probably 10 20 30 years of the line we will continue to see here your day we, we you know we we come and we talk and we bust some some um when them run down and thing <laughs> i don't want to be talking about periods 10 years uh period poverty 10 years from now but I'm yes <laughs> you know what i mean and the neoliberal corporation is about serving the world today to solve more challenges or by exposing and bringing issues to what's going on in the world or to bring light and to show them. let people know how they can can support other people's programs yeah. and so on so thank you so much and again remind us how we can get in touch with you you can definitely check out my website embraceherflow.com if you want to find me on social media online just search her search her flow h-e-r-f-l-o-w is one word and uh, listen i tell everybody that ending period poverty is 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 something that we can all contribute to it's a, it's a team yes. effort so you don't even have to donate to her flow but just help somebody who you know need help so if somebody yeah. community, somebody in your church somebody in your classroom somebody at your office whatever you can do in your space to help somebody live in dignity please go ahead and just be kind just because you can don't 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 worry about if they're grateful or not you'll never get the level of gratitude that you want anyway so don't do it for the gratitude just be kind because you can thank you so much that was the executive director of the herflow foundation a very powerful foundation that's ran by a very dynamic and an amazing fearless woman that is just doing her thing and impacting people's lives. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I, and I wish you all the And um, this show will be available um, on audio podcast. You know, probably it's going to a couple of days because we're going to have to write the story as well and publish it in our new journal, in our journals and so on and so forth. And it will be available also on audio, live video, but after we've edited and so on and so forth. But thank you so much. And we will talk. We have, I have your number, so I, I guess we can talk and so on. You can call me anytime. I hope I can text you anytime. And, you know, share, drop wisdom and, uh, you know, and so But you have been great. And we hope to have you to speak at some of this uh, in the future because you oh, have... Oh, that's arranged. Yes, you, you are powerful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And guys, thank you so much. Invest in her and support this dynamic work that is investing in people. Take care. And and you'll and you get a chance to hear this before everybody else anyways. All right. Awesome. 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 Yeah, man. You were great. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you guys for listening to the interview that I had with Ms. Shellyanne Weeks, Executive Director of the Herflow Foundation. And the interview was done on Sunday. And, and just so you know, if you want to know more about poverty in Jamaica, the Caribbean and the world, you can access my book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, which is available in all platforms all over the world. And just so you know, upon its release, Neoliberalism, my book, was number one on Amazon in deconstructivist history 
and critical and deconstructivist philosophy. And just so you know, I've also written written an uh, uh, an article and and an es- an academic essay which is available at theneoliberal.com feature as on the featured essay if you go to the homepage where I talk about poverty and redistributing income to the poor comparing social assistance in Jamaica and the US and just so you know as it relates to poverty we, we were talking earlier about extreme poverty and just so you know there is poverty where there is a poverty line those who earn less than $2.50 US per day which was what the which was what the mark was, but then of course when we talk about extreme poverty, we're talking about abject poverty, people who who even fall way below that. We're talking about um, people who who people who lack access to clean water, people who have sanitation issues, homelessness, little to no income, and that's what we're talking about. And and just so you know, as it relates to to the 2018 figure that talks about extreme poverty. Um, the Borgian Project, the Borgian Project did s- claimed to have done a research and suggested in their data that there were 14,000 people in Jamaica living in extreme poverty. But of course, that is not, that, that is not true. But of course, there's also the issue of looking at poverty and how we determine poverty and how we understand poverty. And it's difficult to use a broad brush across countries to analyze poverty and to determine poverty. Because poverty in one country, such as a bucolic society, say, for example, in Jamaica or, or, or that of Guyana or, 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 some, or Haiti and so on, is different from poverty in a post-industrial country. And, of course, part of my research will also look at poverty and how you distinguish between poverty in, one, in, in different countries. But thank you so much again for listening to the show. And I hope you have a great day. Walk good.